Welcome to 5-Minute Real Estate Investing. Each day, we'll share one specific tip for active real estate investors or passive LPs in 5 minutes or less. Here's your host, Sean O'Dowd, Managing Director of Scholastic Capital. Let's talk about the relationship of being the highest yielding real estate fund versus the longest tenured real estate fund. So what do I mean by that? Let's talk on the highest yielding side of things. First, when for thinking about a real estate fund and why people buy real estate, they're buying it unless we're talking about some crazy cost segregation type play. You're buying real estate to generate some sort of yield on it. You think you can buy it for X, your expenses will be Y, your profit will be Z, and that Z profit is good enough of a yield that it makes sense to put the initial capital down to buy the property. Now, the problem with this is most real estate fund managers, most real estate investors that I found are tend to be pretty type A competitive individuals. So it's just in their natural human nature, and I'm not man, not trying to be critical here because I, I fit into this bucket as well, but it's in their nature to try to just be a little competitive and they're going to try to juice those returns just a little bit because why not? They want to see if they can do that. So that leads to individuals taking on just a little bit too much risk, a little bit lower reserves than they should, and then all of a sudden the whole thing goes belly up because they were just trying to juice those returns just a little bit. That's my problem with thinking about things from a real estate fund perspective solely on the yield basis. I think the metric that matters way more is actually the being the longest tenured fund. Now, what do I mean by that? From a longest tenured fund perspective, if your goal is to say, hey, no matter what, I want this fund to still exist 20, 25 years from now, you're going to operate a little bit differently. You aren't going to take on undue risk just to juice your returns a little bit on any given year. Instead, you're going to be thinking about how can I make this safe move that still generates me a safe amount of yield each year, but ensures that the fund will still be around 20 years from now. I like that metric substantially better because, and granted, past performance, not indicative of future results. But if you look at any 20-year snapshot in the US, real estate has appreciated. And if you're buying an asset on fixed rate 30-year debt, and the fact that rents have also, over any 20-year given period, gone up, you're going to be in a pretty solid spot from a return perspective over a 20-year period if you're still alive. So if you take two funds head-to-head, in my opinion, you've got number one being the highest yielding fund, but taking on just a little bit too much undue risk versus the guys who are consistently trying to generate some yield but stay around for 20 years, I would be willing to bet fund A, the yield guys are going to take on a little bit more risk and they might generate a little bit higher returns in those first few years, but the fund who is focused on the long-term survival at the end of a 20-year period probably beats the first initial fund. I think this is the ultimate tortoise in the hair in the real estate fund world. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. In the interim, if there's anything I can do to help you, please feel free to reach out. My area of expertise slash where I'm most able to help concentrates on residential real estate and strategy. I'm the managing director of Scholastic Capital, a real estate fund that buys single-family homes in highly elite school districts and then rents those homes to tenants on three-plus-year leases. I began my career at Boston Consulting Group, also known as BCG, and graduated with honors from the Wharton School. If there's anything I can do to help you, please feel free to reach out.
And if not, I'll see you tomorrow.